Guardadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. My name is Blue, and I am a dad without borders. Hello and welcome back to the show and I am six weeks away from having a newborn child in the house and the reality of a new baby is starting to dawn on me. The third boy, I've got an eight and a half year old, a three year old and about to have a newborn. Uh, May 11 is the due date so we'll see how close to that the new baby arrives. Um But yeah, just starting to feel a little anxious about our world being turned upside down. Of course, it's a beautiful thing. It's exciting. Um, But yeah, those essentially the birth and how we manage our three-year-old around that time. Um, We have family locally, so I think they will step up and help. They've offered to help look after him. But yeah, it's a big transition period for all of us in different ways. And I have my son overseas, who is eight and a half years old in the UK. He won't be here until July, which is too bad. He misses being here. Um, but maybe it's a blessing in a way that he's not here as well at, the, at that time, because it will be hectic. Um, and hopefully things will have settled down by the time he comes here in July. But yeah, it is exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm just, it's, the reality is just starting to dawn on me. It always seems so far away. It's so easy to put it to the back of your mind. And then, of course, you realize, like, it's now six weeks. So it feels a little little bit more real. Anyway, looking forward to sharing our journey with our newborn baby over the next coming weeks and months. And, yeah, in the meantime, ski season, which has been very much taking over our life at the weekends um, and even during the week. Uh, my little boy, my three-year-old, if you haven't already checked it out, go to Instagram and check out my three-year-old kid skiing. It's fantastic. In the meantime, I mixed up the episodes and this week I was going to release uh, Nathan from Dad Advocates. So apologies, Nathan, you are the next guest on the show. I mixed up my um, my lineup. Um, and so today, actually, we have an author from South Africa, Andrew who has written a series of bedtime stories, but they're conscious bedtime stories. And I really like, uh, yeah, his angle with the stories. And he's really focused on the fact that bedtime is such a special part of the day to connect with our kids um, and to connect with the purpose that we have as parents. And he's done men's work around the world. Um, So he's no stranger to the struggles that men and fathers go through. And he's very much inspired in doing these conscious bedtime stories um, in a way that can have a positive impact on our kids, but also support us as parents. So he was a great conversation to have and very much speaks to me and my parenting 
and I think as well as very relevant to dads in the modern age, the modern dad sort of approach. Um, so yeah, as ever, it's a great conversation and please enjoy. So Andrew, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Oh, such a pleasure, Blue. This is going to be fabulous. Let's talk dad. Hey, yeah, let's. So you are an author, um, I believe from South Africa originally. You're not there now, so you can tell us about that. Um, and you have a background in men's work. And the reason that I was drawn to you to bring you, have you on the show was you have this beautiful bedtime story series, or certainly the one particular book that I've seen, which is Conscious Bedtimes. And yeah, because one of the reasons that I wanted to get you on as well is because I've started doing meditations with my boy overseas using FaceTime. It's amazing what you can do. Um, and so I've really enjoyed doing that and kind of finding a, you know, a more creative way and a deeper way to connect with him from a distance. Um, so I'd love for you just to introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, tell us about the books that you've been writing and some of the men's work you've been involved with in the past. Absolutely. Let's jump right in with Conscious Bedtime Stories. It, it's a, a, a creative collection that came out of nowhere, <laughs> as, most, as most of our creative endeavors do. But I, had, I, I spent life as a, a fourth generation family jeweler in South Africa way back when. And so I had my career path mapped out for me, as, as you can imagine. But it also had family right up close with it. And we know that family can challenge purpose if anything can. Uh, and the story started to emerge when I was doing my, my healing work. I'd left the family business. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how I wanted to be in the world. But that became my focus. How do I want to be? Not what do I want to do? And I committed at that stage at the age of, sure, maybe 29, 30 to teaching, counseling and healing but I didn't have any skills or any training. I just knew that it was somehow congruent with my, my nature inside me that I wanted to pick that up and pursue it. Uh, one day I was just journaling and I wrote a poem and the poem needed some pictures and I did it with a friend and it became my first story. And the story is called A Little Light. Uh, and it, sort of once upon a time, there was a little light who intended to shine a rainbow so bright had a little body and he started to grow and learned all the things he needed to know. Some of them were wrong and blocked up his flow. And so there's the setup Therefore, for me, me, my journey right there in that story, how the first story came. And, uh, and then they just started to, they started to show up on their own in a way until I realized that something was actually happening that was meaningful and was an integration of the, therapy work and the, that I'd been doing personally and the healing work that I'd been studying and uh, the entrepreneurial creative spirit I'd been reconnecting with all of that uh, wove itself together into this collection is now 18 books in conscious stories collection so you're not actually a dad but you've done a lot of men's work what kind of men's work have you done in the past well, the first, the first part of it we should call boys' work, which was the suffering of being at an all-boys uh, Anglican education in the apartheid era South Africa, where there were no healthy role models and uh, a lot of aggressive competitiveness. And uh, then in 2006, I, I attended the Mankind Project. They have a three-day rite of passage weekend 
And I was by this stage immersed in healing schools, which are 85% female. And I knew that I needed to, to get this other piece that, that I could only get by being around guys. And I can tell you, I was terrified absolutely terrified i was like i did not trust men i had no reason to trust men i felt my safety if you looked at my friends group it was also 85 percent women and that was uh, that was my basis but uh, that weekend uh, was profound uh, and really really in 20 years of personal development stands out as one of the biggest transformation weekends that i've i've ever ever undertaken and it opened the door to this community and I joined in the process of learning how to co-facilitate uh, a men's group as peers, which is all part of that community. And then uh, I traveled and I everywhere I went, I made sure to rejoin with the Mankind Project. So I, I, I did the weekend in South Africa, I moved to Scotland. There were no Mankind Project circles. There was only one other guy. And we started building circles and, and, Four years later, there were there were sixty men in Scotland who who had been through that weekend, and then I moved again and went off to Colorado. And it was like, okay, first thing, I don't know anybody in Colorado, but I know that there's good men, and I know that they're plugged in in this way. And and I just plugged straight into the Mankind Project then. And so that's been both community building and skills development for me. And. More recently, I'm involved in a community uh, called Soul Games, which is bringing uh, together a lot more friendship, a lot more relational community than, than is, is the Mankind Project is often about going to a place to do your work. And I like that and it has served me. And, and now I'm also doing working in this community where we're like, the work happens if we have the relationships. And if they're close enough, and if the friendships are, are leaning in enough to, to know what's going on, then, then there's an organic way that the work happens that is a little less structured than a mankind project. Right. And do you, with that experience in the men's groups, how many of those men are, are dads and fathers and their personal growth directly linked to their journey in parenting? It, I would say 70% of the men that I've sat in circle with have been dads and half the time that they bring a problem or a challenge or a, a something that they're working on. Well, a hundred percent of the time it's relational. <laughs> That's what the challenge is a hundred percent of the time. And, and half of that is, you know, with, with their kids but what we're learning from, from parenting experts like uh, Dr. Shafali is Oprah's favorite parenting go-to person. And she comes in from, this, from a, a mindfulness and a spirituality perspective that, that she can articulate so beautifully the challenge that's happening in the relationship between dad and son, dad and daughter, dad and partner is something, the power center for evolving that challenge lies in dad it lies with you and i'm not the person who can come in and 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 say when this happens with your kid 
tell them that or say that or do that. That's in the realm of, of a, a specific parenting expert. But I'm the guy who can come in and go, okay, so wait, so your daughter's challenging you. What's coming up inside of you? What is it reminding you of? Where does your belief system come from? Why do you think she needs to do it differently that she needs to do? How can you change inside yourself to meet this arising moment and the material that's being evoked inside of you to keep your center to stay to, to to stay on your ground to express your healthy boundaries to work with your anger uh, resentment fear avoidance whatever it is that's coming up there's so much opportunity there for the the dads to uh, to to make challenging moments like learning moments for themselves yeah i think that's a really good reminder for anybody as a parent that yeah a huge part of parenting for me is what I've realized is my own personal growth, checking in about my triggers when I'm about to react to something because it maybe anger comes up or fear comes up Mm -hmm. and I kind of react. Actually, even this morning, I'll just share with you uh, quickly that my kid wasn't really, so my youngest is three. We've got another one uh, coming in May. And then I have uh, my eldest is overseas and he comes here in holidays and I can visit him as well. Um, so it's my middle child is here with us every day. And this morning he wouldn't eat his breakfast. He's kind of having a bit of a meltdown. And the long and the short of it is that I realized that he was having trouble regulating his own emotions. Whereas I very much wanted to react because he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. Right. And so, you know, my frustration in that, I, you know, he's not listening to me. You know, my own ego was being sort of like challenged in a way because yeah, I'm sort of out of control. I'm like, why isn't why isn't he listening to me? Do this. I'm telling you to do this. <laughs> but I was I was really able, more than I ever have been before, actually. But to actually say to him, look, I know you're having a hard time right now, um, and I'm here to support you. I'm here to love you, and it's okay. We're going to work through this together. And I just had to try and figure out what it was. He was a little bit hungry. He's a little bit cold. I think maybe too. It's cool this morning. Um, there's a few things going on. Um, and then what I did, I held him. So I took him upstairs because he wasn't eating his breakfast. And what I did was I held him really tightly. And I've been doing this thing with him to say like re- three breaths in through your nose, take it, hold it as, you know, as much as you can and then breathe out. And we haven't quite done this together, but we've did it. He could, I didn't say anything to him. I did it myself and he could feel me doing the breathing. And then I could, then he started to do it as well. I was just doing big, deep breaths in and out, just holding him, being present. Um, whereas before I've often been triggered and today was the first time I could, time I could, it's not the first time maybe, but I was really aware of like, Oh, it's, he just can't regulate himself. And me and me and the wife talked about that. Anyway, it's interesting that you say that because I think it is so true. There's a parent we, yeah, we, it's awareness and we really have to keep looking at ourselves and what's coming up for us inside. Right. So I appreciate that you're yeah talking about that. And I love that you led with breath that that is so each of my books starts with a snuggle breathing meditation. It's four simple breaths to attune, regulate, and relax, and can, opens the door of connection together. When we pair our breathing with, actually, I was at the zoo in Chicago yesterday, and there was a big African lion who was lying in the sun, and you could see the rise and fall of his breath. I couldn't help but myself, but in train. And as a way of connecting, it's something that I've, that I've picked up over the years. If I want to be more connected, 
I'm going to watch with my eyes to see what the breath is. And I'm going to match that breath. It's something I learned when I was working with patients in coma. Here's the animal communicators use it. And, and, and there we were in the sun. All of a sudden, that lion didn't look like an animal just over there. I felt we were having an experience together. And, and this, is, this is the power of breath. Uh, the, the four breaths at the start of the book for, for uh, dads out there, uh, very simple. You can use it without having a single one of my books. Just at the start of story time, if you still got kids in that age, uh, I breathe for me. Nice breath in. I breathe for you. I breathe for us. And I breathe for all that surrounds us. And it's like, I already feel better. You, your shoulders kind of came and went a little bit. I mean, I didn't clearly say do it with me. I just started. And, and it's like your system couldn't quite help itself but to join in. And Dr. Dr. Becky Bailey is one of my favorite parenting experts. If you're looking for really practical skills on what to do when something happens, and her first thing that she would say is pause, breathe, and wish them well. And so there's your little one this morning not wanting to eat. And somehow this morning you had a gap between your trigger and your reaction. But to place that gap and to create it, you do pause, breathe, and wish them well because... Our brains are, we're flight, we're like flight animals. And, and if their brain's gone into survival mode, then our brain also goes, save it to the tiger. What, where, where is this thing? You know, and, and, and so if we step in too quickly without taking that breath, we don't bring our composed self. We don't bring our frontal cortex to the party for the conversation. And we have, two panic-stricken brains trying to solve a situation. And as parents, our job is to be the regulator. And then we can, through mirror neurons, we don't have to do anything but lend it out. And our kids can borrow it and they can see our calmness. They can be going, Wah! and we arrive going, huh, something hard must be happening. Let me see how I can be present with you and how I can help. And that's uh, an incredible gift that you gave your little one this morning to, to sit like that and to hold and to be close enough to hold and to do the paired breathing and, or, or just breathe until they're breathing paired with you as you shared. Yeah. Good, good parenting, dad. Well done. <laughs> uh, thanks buddy well on your exp explanation of the four breaths even just then i or i'm already sold to buy the 18 books in the series that you have why is it important for you to influence the kids you know from such a young age like why is that why is that your path well i i had to do a boatload of unlearning and a boatload of learning in in my in my late 20s early 30s and as i started working therapeutically with adults and sat sitting in men's groups uh, it was so clear that we were all dealing with the, the same big thematic things that those themes are you know like being human uh, like the book the dad who didn't know 
where, the, where it's teaching parents and kids that we don't have to know everything. And we can dig in on that particular story. But these themes were, were, were clearly linked to our childhoods that by the age of six or seven, as I was learning in developmental psychology, we've done our belief system forming. We've started to see the world as a place that's loving and supportive or a place that's um, uh, dangerous and threatening in certain ways. Are we going to be annihilated, abandoned, um, invaded, betrayed or, or, or denied for who we are? Those were the five character structures and the, and the five core woundings that I studied in, in the development path. And it was like, oh, oh, we're all just walking around with these, these ready to trigger scripts inside of us just waiting for somebody to press the, uh, the 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 vending machine number d6 and uh, and it's like ah! <laughs> the, the, the d6 explosion comes right out and uh, and goes so i was like no no we can we can do a better job than this we can we can these things that i learned so late seems like people don't quite have a way to talk about them how do we talk about i mean the kid's favorite book is a book called the hug who got stuck and the little hug is coming out of the hug factory in the middle of the heart and it gets caught in the web of sticky thoughts. I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. Who cares? Now, we, the head-heart dilemma, we've all got it. We're all going to deal with it. Uh, the story that just came out, the home for sensitive butterflies. If you've got a, a little delicate one at home, and it could be male or female, more often we tend to associate it with little girls, but actually there's some very delicate, sensitive boys out there. And I was one of them. And there was no, no understanding that when we get in the rugby game and, and, uh, and go run around a field, I'm like, I don't really want to be tackled or to tackle anybody. Why, why, why do I have to do this? This isn't, this isn't who I am. So how do we, how do we create safety for these, uh, th these kids to, to come in and land? Uh, the bee who could not choose her flower, decision-making, the fish who searched for water, looking for love when it's right there. Ellie jumps a mile, teaching kids to recognize fear and learn how to calm themselves, actually using breath. Uh, the, the girl with waterfall eyes, helping children to see beauty in themselves and others. So the repeating themes are like, be yourself. You can be yourself, not an instruction, but really you can. Actually, it's what we need. Please, please, please. Let's just keep this reminder. And I like I like that with the be yourself thing because one thing that I become aware as a parent is the importance of identifying within each of my kids. So three boys um, by June, there'll be three boys. Um, but finding out what their gift is, like what's their gift? Not worrying so much. And this is my take, and I'm not saying it's the right take, but not worrying as much about maybe the grades in their academic kind of a chair, unless that's the thing that really drives them and they're really, you know, enthralls them, that learning of those particular subjects. But generally speaking, like trying to figure out what is their gift and how to just encourage them. And maybe they have more, you know, doesn't need to put them in a box for that one thing either. Yes. But just letting them thrive in the way that makes sense for them in the world and making them feel supported and loved. Yeah. As they do that. If we had if we had grown up in the West Africa Dagara community, uh, our mothers would have sat in circle and gone into a trance state to divine our life purpose be whilst we were in utero. 
right? And then we would have been given the name that correlates with the purpose. And I learned this from a, a, a teacher called Sabonfu Soma. And Sabonfu means the keeper of ritual. And she was called that from the day she was born. And she never needed to quest to find her purpose in life. <laughs> because, because she was, it, it, everybody was reminding her of this nature. And I, I mean, I just love that story. And I wish that that was available to me. I, it was Astrology was extremely helpful for me in knowing more of my purpose and my, my nature when, when I was leaving the jewelry business and, and, and starting healing school, which was so foreign and I couldn't quite conceive how and why I was in this world. It was everything I touched was new. Uh, And it was just nice to have little affirmations being able to come in. So let's, well, let's jump into one of your stories because I, yeah, I think it'd be a really great idea to, particularly for the dads, you have a, a story, one of your books um, is very much aimed at fathers. Yes. So perhaps you could do a reading and give us a bit of backstory about, you know, what this book's about. Yeah. So that, so the dad who didn't know is the perfect story uh, for this community. And I, uh, I, I want to say that we have a, one of the things that makes this conversation so wonderful for me is that I know that the dads who are listening who are already doing an incredible job. If you're here listening to this podcast, you're already in the circle of dads who are like making this world a better place. And, and hurrah to you. I want to give you the, uh, a sense of relief. I, I don't know how much dads experience it, but certainly mums experience a constant anxiety about whether or not they're good enough parents. Is that, is that something you itches away at you a little bit? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, I do a lot of work on it. So I think for me, it's more in a way, looking back at some of the things that I've said or done that I know I could have done better. Yeah. As, you know, just having that little piece of, not, I wouldn't say regret, but you know, how, yeah. How can I be better? How can I not do that again? You know, will my kids judge me for the way that I've showed up in a way, you know? Yes. And can we be liked with it? (laughs) And and, and great. Again, if you're the dad who's asking the question of how can I do this better and wow, that didn't go so well. And if I were to do it over again, I would do that. And oh, now that I've learned this thing, I would apply it like that. You're, the, you're one of the dads making the world a safe place. Uh, you're not one of the dads who's, who's, who's leading to uh, create the, the violence and the abuse that is in our communities, unfortunately perpetuated mostly by men. Um, and uh, I, I want to be reaching those men. And I want to be serving those men as well. And who knows, maybe a story will just arrive and touch a heart in, uh, in the right way. Uh, but this story, a dad who didn't know, uh, I'll read it whilst, you, whilst you, you're listening to it. Firstly, put your feet up and relax. This is story time. Uh, but also, uh, you'll get to meet me. And you meet me in most of the heroes of the different stories, but you'll get to meet me. You'll meet my dad uh, as well through this particular story. I had had a very, very hard weekend away, uh, been in, in hellfire with uh, a, a relationship. And I didn't know whether it was one of those weekends that was like, wow, that was really healing or, oh, damn, that was totally rewounding. Uh, I couldn't quite tell, but it was, there was so much energy it was a sleepless night in me and I, I, I woke up in the morning and I just went to my, my mat to meditate 
And I had this profound visitation from my dad who had passed a couple of years before. And he wasn't a man who was very spiritual. He wasn't a man who really knows how to show up emotionally in life or in life after life. And, and the fact that he showed up in the way that he did, you know, just broke me wide open. And, and I really felt like I had, I had a huge healing. And uh, just as I thought the wave of emotion was passing, uh, this story trickled in and I, I, grabbed my pen and and wrote it and it's evolved a little bit the seed of it comes right from that uh, that moment as as often some of my stories have got that kind of a uh, an encounter nature for me so see if you find yourself in the story there was once a dad who didn't know he had two delightful children and a beautiful wife whom he dearly loved each morning, he went to work wearing a smart suit and driving a smart car. He worked hard all day and looked forward to coming home to his loving family. This dad lived in two worlds, his outside world and his inside world. Both were very busy. On the outside, he was busy with work, house repairs, and computery things. On the inside, he dreamt of sunny days and fun with his family. On the inside, he also worried a lot. He worried about money. He worried about getting old. He worried that his family didn't know he loved them. His son asked him to play catch, but he felt too tired. His daughter wanted to bounce on his knee, but he had a sore back. His wife wanted to plan a family holiday, but he worried about money. This dad wanted to do these wonderful things, but something always got in the way. He didn't know how to find a smile when he was sad. He didn't know how to ask for help when he was tired. He didn't know how to make his dreams come true. I am the dad. I'm supposed to know, he thought. But he didn't know, so he wriggled and squirmed to get away from the yucky feeling in his belly. Over time, his inside world became very lonely. He forgot about the joy of sunny days. He forgot about his happy dreams. He even forgot about fun with his family. Luckily, the story doesn't end there. His daughter knew where to find her smile when she was sad. She would dance and sing. His wife knew where to find help when she was tired. She would pray and read. His son knew how to make his dreams come true. He patiently watched nature do it every day. Their dancing, prayers, and patience surrounded this dad with love. Like magic, a little spark, a, a little light sparked deep inside. For one moment, he stopped wriggling and squirming. He took a deep breath, sighed, and sat down. Whew. He looked around, smiling. I feel relaxed and happy on the inside and the outside. I don't even know how that happened. But I am the dad and I should know, he thought 
almost wriggling and squirming. Just then his daughter danced past. His son picked a flower and his wife turned a page. Aha, he smiled. They know how to be happy. I will learn from them. I am the dad and I don't need to know everything. The end. I love it. I think for me, for me, as you're talking, it's a reminder of like how caught up dads can get. And I speak for myself in carrying the weight of the world. And you're right, having the answers and worrying about the bills. I mean, I've got my wife is about to have, you know, a baby again in May. And all those feelings are coming up for me again because I know she's going to be taking time out. Um, breastfeeding and caring for the nurturing and you know the important first few months and in fact 18 months she has maternity which is great and yeah all these feels are coming up um i mean i'm in control of it for sure but i definitely it's a real feeling of uh yeah trying to have the answers and make sure all of our ducks are in a row right because when we think and when we think we have to know and when we think we have to be right then we also have an island to defend, which puts us into a defensive posture or an attacking posture. But we have to all of a sudden, like, like hold our ground. What if that's not true? What if we've got that wrong? Yeah, I think so. And I think things are changing where, certainly in our household anyway, it's, I think we're moving away from the traditional roles of mum and dad. We're definitely still there to a point. But in terms of like tackling everything together as a team, much better at that. I mean, what have you found in your experience in life, you know, doing these books and through the men's work, where are men struggling the most? And related to that, dads, of course, as well. Well, I don't think that the stereotype is too wrong that says we're not great at expressing our emotions. And I think that, uh, that that's the single skill that gets learned in the men's groups the most, that coming through the front door is this way to access our interior, like we learned the dad has an interior and an exterior in that story, to be able to say, what are you feeling? Where is it in your body? And to go through this granularity of taking it from a sensation where where we can talk about heat or tingles or uh, whatever the sensation is, fire, to being able to then say, oh, I, I feel angry. It's almost exciting when, when you can first do that deductive uh, attunement that says, these sensations correlate with me knowing that I feel angry. And then you learn something about anger and you go, actually, anger is this wonderful thing. I'm so glad it's here. It's here to help me restore boundaries. So all I need to know is anger showing me there's a boundary thing. Now, how do I get ahead of that? And so that's a bit of the, the journey of the experience of coming to know what our own sensations and our feelings are and really being able to trust that when we communicate them, and name them that firstly we're allowed to, that we can be received in them, that they're not a bad thing. They don't make us weaker in the eyes of the other 
which so much of of my my competitive all boy education was you know don't be a sissy and and uh, you know boys don't cry and I think that I think that that's that's the growth edge and I'm and I'm not here saying become become as emotional as as our female counterparts might be right i'm not you know in the stereotypes of women are more emotional than men i'm not saying we want to get all the way over there and be like them that was part of the the i call it the era of the 80s where where feminism emerging voice was coming we're like the sensitive men are like yeah let's get all the way over there but then all of a sudden we've lost the polarity that is one of the dynamics of our attraction and how we work really well together and I am more interested in saying, how do you be a fierce warrior for integrity? And integrity is the number one thing that, that we see in men's work. It's like we, we're purpose-driven creatures and that we want to be in integrity in our interior with how we feel and how we show up that the things that we do and the things that we say are aligned with our actions and in order in order to get to the integrity we've got to start with this thing of going oh that doesn't feel good so let's talk about the purposeful work piece that you just mentioned actually what's the importance of purposeful work i like living to a mission and a mission statement it's something that the mankind project's very good with my mission is to create a joyful and inviting world by inviting people to gather and asking what's bringing you joy. Clearly, I know it well enough just to say it. It's something that's been shared in different places. It's, I've been able to do mission stretches where I go, what am I going to do this week to make me stay in alignment with this mission? I've come back into circle a week later and been held accountable for whether or not I did the thing I said I was going to do or whether I didn't, and to evaluate without a punishing stick, but to evaluate what got in the way, which of my belief systems, which, what was it that stopped me creating the world that I, in the way that I want it to be? Now, I want a joyful, inviting world. And if I do those little steps in my week, my entire world becomes joyful and inviting. And that, that to me, that's purposeful. That's the power of intentionality. And I take it down to that level because it, it doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter whether, you know, purpose. When I, when I first went to a healer, the reason I went was I was, I was told she could tell me what my life purpose was. And, and really what I wanted her to do was tell me, who do, I, who do I take my resume to so that in five years' time I can retire? Uh, without having worked too hard <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah i'll go to that healer but if i can get if i can get purposeful in it, like that like my books are a translation of this because how do you get purposeful for 20 minutes at the end of your day as you put your kid to bed that's what they're about they're they're saying do the breathing do the four breaths dedicate the time show up um it's it's actually not about the story the story is the seed for the experience to happen together 
because I, I bet your, your little three-year-old starts chattering away as soon as you do that wind down process. And if they haven't yet, wait till they're five, because they will. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's about being close enough. And it's about being connected enough to hear that and to be this, this engaged being in their world, because uh, everything's a teachable moment or, or learning moment that you can use. And so if you can be purposeful in the small, in the small things and the big things line themselves up. I really love that you just said that actually, because you was, as you were talking, you know, initially I was about to say a minute ago, well, hang on, all this talk about being, you know, finding purpose in life around your work. I think for some dads, that's a really hard thing because we need to pay the bills. We need, you know, there's certain times where you maybe need to trade your, the passion that you have for a particular career or lifestyle or whatever to, I need to show up on a regular basis at work because I need to earn money yep. because that's the reality of the system that we live in and I have to pay the bills. Mum's not working right now. Or maybe, you know, you have to step up and with the 50% of the bills or whatever, it, you know, however it looks in the household, but bringing it back to parenting and finding purpose in life, you know, through your parenting with the kids, I think you're right. It kind of helps ground you as a parent to show up, you know, all the rest of the day, yep. however it looks, yep. because you have this really meaningful purpose to your life, which is being a parent. Yeah. And for me, even with a child overseas, I can still put the energy into meditating on FaceTime with him or skateboarding with him on FaceTime or, you know, there's so many things that we can do. You can be really creative. It's not ideal to not have those hugs at night with that, that eldest son of mine. Yeah. But yeah, the purpose piece is really important and it's really important for me. And I think when I kind of shift gears and I think the unfortunate situation that I found myself in with my eldest son overseas has in many ways been a gift. I would not have done this podcast had it not been for that. Right. I would not be meditating with him probably as yet. I may, maybe I would have come to that, but I'm being challenged in all these ways to, to keep pushing and keep you know, pushing back against the struggle and being like, no, no, I can do this. I can be positive and I can show up and have purpose in my parenting in this kind of blended international funky family way that I have. Yeah, you're such an encouragement because so many men are in that position. And, and, and what I get from your, uh, your connection with your son overseas is this invitation for using the technology that we've got available to actually be, be, be really, really engaged. It's a, it is an incredible thing. And we need, to, we need to, in a way, update our internal software. We're not where, this, where we were 25 years ago when a long-distance phone call cost a whole lot of money and therefore mum said you couldn't make the phone call. This is, you've got the opportunity and every dad's got this opportunity to do what you're, you're modeling so beautifully, which says, pick up the call. What are we going to do to have fun together? We're going skateboarding. Brilliant. We're going to go uh, to, to meditate. Incredible. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that it's uh, yeah. You just have to make the best of it, you know, and you have to keep showing up as a dad, no matter what, Yeah, you know, even just being, you know, thinking about him on a, you know, putting positive thoughts out there and just feeling that love. Yeah, it does. It makes a huge difference. And I really love, I really do. I love your books. Um, 
So let's throw that out there. How do we find these books? I know you're on Instagram, but where else are you? ConsciousStories.com. That's nice and easy. Nice and easy. Yeah. Go to ConsciousStories.com and uh, throw in there a little coupon code called Conscious10, and it'll get you some love for hanging out and being being part of this community of dads we we can we can ship globally uh you're welcome to go and have a look on uh amazon but i will say it's not the best support for my business uh, if you can be patient in in getting the books you know 48 hours later then we'd rather you came straight to consciousstories.com that's awesome i'll i'd happily wait a week or two to be honest to support you directly as opposed to go through a th- big third party like that um that's brilliant fantastic so tell us what's the what's the next story coming down the pipeline you got any teasers or any other projects i have teasers there are two books in print right now i they arrive probably in 10 days time the 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 one we're launching first is a story called the unicorn who found her magic I love it already. I love it. Got to have a unicorn story. It's a true quest story. A lot of mine are quest stories. I'm like the boy who searched for water, the prayer who searched for God, the fish who searched for water, you know, the bee who couldn't choose a flower. At some point I realized, wait, I've written a lot of searching stories. (laughs) I wonder if this is anything to do with my nomadic nature and, uh, and my spiritual inquiry. And uh, so, so uh, alchemy is this adorable unicorn who goes qu- looking for her special kind of magic. And uh, she tries and fails and tries and fails and tries and fails. And eventually she, she gets her, her victory. And uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to watch for that to find out what that victory was. But um, I might have given it away earlier when I say I write a lot of stories about just being yourself. And the other one is if you've seen my TED talk on why the last 20 minutes of the day matter, in that story, I introduced the little brain people. And it's the first time I've done character development for a talk as opposed to for a story. And so three years later now, we've done a story called the little brain people. And in that you meet serotonin, dopamine, who are brother and sister, good at different things and they hang out in this beautiful world of the brain and uh, then one day uh, there's an incredible fright and adrenaline comes charging out of his watchtower and says danger 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 and you're not safe and the whole brain goes into a state of freeze and we've created this world that happens inside the brain and it's we're very grateful that oxytocin was uh, sitting on the potty at the moment when everything happened and and uh, she was able to bring her heart and her love and her care to help the brain thaw out from its freeze and 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 all the little brain people have a beautiful snuggly evening together as i say we truly i do truly create worlds where you, where our heroes can have these heartfelt victories that readers can learn from I love it. Andrew, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed uh, listening to your, to your story, uh, literally your story. Um, and yeah, all the other work that you're doing. It's fantastic. 
Well, Blue, I'm, I'm so encouraged that you're here uh, uh, waving the, the championing the flag for for uh, dads and, and conscious dads and, and just kind of all the things that we can learn about. I'm going to be plugging in. I'm not a dad yet, but this is going to happen. And then there's going to, then I'm going to be at sea and not know what to do. And I'm going to need you and this community to help me uh, find my way with it. Uh, and, and yes, I, 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 I would love to hear from, from the guys. Please reach out anytime, Andrew at ConsciousStories.com. Drop me a note. And, and if you've got a, a men's circle meeting on Zoom and you need uh, like a, a, a little upskilling and you want some facilitation support, give me a shout. I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. That's my, my commitment to the world. So uh, 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 proud of the dads out there for, for doing their work. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the show when you become a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll like, be a great conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely lost it. All this idea of consciousness gone out the window. Just survival. Yes, yes right. Breathing in, breathing <laughs> out every time. That's all you can do some days. That's all you can do. Oh, Andrew, brilliant. Um, well, thanks again, man. My great pleasure. All the best. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders. And a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.